0: Eric Cole, Gaurav Vidak, and Garrett Spain. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Road to Atlanta, a podcast devoted solely to the Braves Farm System and Braves Prospects. I am one of your hosts, Eric Cole. You may recognize me from my work over on BatteryPower.com, where I've been the deputy site manager since 2018 and the minor league editor since 2015. If you want to follow me over on Twitter, you can look me up at Leprechaun with a K if you're not already following me. Joining me, returning from his journey abroad, and still not feeling particularly great. You can follow him on Twitter at BravesMILB, my longtime colleague, good buddy, Garrett Spain. Garrett, what's going on, man?
1: Hey, nothing much. Just trying to uh, get over some COVID here, and uh, been a little bit out of the loop this week. Been keeping up with it, but not quite as tight as I normally would, but ready to talk a little bit of baseball. It's been a minute since I've been missed last week's episode, so back to talking about it, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I am happy to have you back. I will say that doing a solo show without you is really weird. Uh, it remains weird. We've had to do it a couple times just for, you know, like just various conflicts that you were you were traveling. Uh, particularly weird last week because with the West Coast road trip, the Braves are on, you know, like the sleep schedule's already not in a particularly great sp- space for years truly. So hopefully we'll be able to power through this. Uh, again, as the minor league season's winding down, there's just going to be less to talk about on a number of levels. One is just that the Braves farm system is obviously in a bit of a depleted state, I think it's fair to say. And it's also just one of those times of year where, you know, there's just less games. We, we don't have rookie ball talk about at all. We don't have the Dominican summer league to talk about at all. We're not going to have promotions really going on anymore. Uh, guys are getting managed a little bit more in terms of their playing time. These are got, you know, fatigue sets in, trying to get guys innings as much as possible. And we're not really kind of seeing guys at their best, but, we are going to power through. And first, we're going to talk a little bit about the guys who are rehabbing a bit. We're going to have – we still have Mike Soroka. He, obviously, he's continuing to power through, through things down at Gwinnett, and we'll kind of run down how these guys are doing when we get to each level. But we also still have Ozzy Albies rehabbing. Uh, his rehab has been kind of scuffed a bit with the whole weather situation that's been going on the last couple of weeks in the minor leagues. A lot of games have been getting canceled, rained out, a lot of doubleheaders and things like that. So unclear as to how much more time he's be spending in Gwinnett. But he hasn't had a whole lot of time and plate appearances uh, and again, the whole situation's been pretty weird, just hasn't been able to get on the field, not for anything that's been wrong with him, but simply just because the weather hasn't really allowed for it. That is pretty much all we've got, though. We just don't have a lot of, we we, we obviously had that minor, the, the minor league players uh, players union uh, news from the last couple of weeks, but that's kind of more of a process that's ongoing right now. It seems like MLB is willing to allow the minor leaguers to join the MLBPA and be negotiated on their behalf, but we're not going to know exactly when that's going to become official and it's really not going to impact a whole lot until the next CBA question mark, only because it's unclear on a year to year basis how much there's actually going to be able to change until the new CBA is codified. But I will say that it is going to be pretty interesting to see how the CBA negotiations uh, occur regarding the minor league pay, you know, the treatment of minor leaders, et cetera, et cetera, what happens with the minor leagues. A lot of that's going to be really kind of important information, but we're a few years away, away from actually knowing Ultimately, what's going to be the impact of that? Now we go to our level-by-level breakdown of the Braves farm system, and we always start with the Gwinnett Stripers. Garrett, tell us a bit what's been going on with the Stripers and the Braves tri- A affiliate.
1: Yeah, so it's kind of been it's kind of an interesting team right now. we talked about it for a couple of weeks. There's not really much in terms of prospects and, you know, like you were saying with rain outs, Alves hasn't had a ton of time out there. He hasn't played particularly well when he has played. And so it's, it's kind of, Getting his timing back after that long period is about getting reps in, and he hasn't been able to get in those reps. And so it's kind of an interesting situation with him. The guy that has been doing very well, and he kind of is Taylor Motter. He kind of goes through these streaks where he'll, like, do nothing for a couple of weeks and then just be blindingly hot for, like, a week. And he hit four home runs this past week. Just – I think he hit, like, three or four games in a row where he had a home run. It it was – was pretty crazy performance from him and he's been really really good for Gwinnett overall but the team for as a whole it's kind of a bunch of guys you know Arnon Perez has been very very good for them for a couple of months now it's just a every, every time
0: every time every time I write a recap that guy's like two for four yeah. three for four yeah. he just does work
1: yeah you know it's it's a bunch of guys that have done fairly well and have made for overall uh Decent enough team, you know, a watchable team at the very least, even if they're not a team that excites us a ton. Pitching staff is the deepest part of the team, but they didn't have a particularly great week last week. Ian Anderson struggled. He's been struggling a lot lately. Kyle Muller had kind of an OK-ish start where everything, it wasn't really working for him. Freddie Tarnock had a bad outing. Uh, the guy that's really been the best in that rotation recently is Darius Fines. Uh, since being promoted to Guerra, he has not allowed a home run, which was his problem at Double A, and it's weird to go to a better hitters um, league and start giving up fewer home runs. But he hasn't done it yet. But he's not really giving up any fewer fly balls. He's striking out fewer batter, what, m- many fewer batters. He's striking out so far, and so that's been interesting for him. But his numbers overall in terms of the ZRA are good, uh, and it doesn't feel like. When he is starting, even though he's not striking out a lot of guys, it doesn't feel like he's necessarily getting hit as hard as he was at times in double A. So it's kind of be interesting to see how he develops. It, it, I he'll be at triple A next year. He'll be on the forty man roster and it'll just be kind of an interesting development with him. Mike Soroka. His outing was really good for three innings. He sat down nine of the first 10 batters, had one walk, and then really struggled in his fourth inning and gave up, I think it was three runs in that inning. And that's kind of been the problem for him so far, where he'll get one time through the order and be fantastic. You know, he's had a couple of games where he struggled early, but for the most part, that first time through the order, he's been really, really good. Strikes out quite a few batters. And then that second time through the order he doesn't necessarily always give up a ton of runs the second time through that order, but he'll give up more hit balls, um, more hard hit balls. And it's just so far pitching deep into games and working on the way he mixes his pitches and all of that. It's just an adjustment that he's still working on getting into game shape. And so it's good to see him still being able to, You know, at that high level, that first time through the order, we're seeing that he's still capable of getting outs in that way. It's just a matter of getting more consistent and being able to pitch deeper into games like he was a couple of years ago. And that's just going to take time. It's just after so much time off, none of us are expecting him to contribute this year and where he is, you know. Where he is now where he's actually still very capable of getting outs, so it's a good sign. And going into next year, you feel fairly confident that, you know, at the very least, you know, if he's their fifth out if he's their fifth starter, you're looking at a guy that at the very least can get through an order one time, very good. That's not a bad place to start with for him.
0: Yeah, I know that there's a lot of people, including myself, that were, you know, quietly hopeful that Mike Soroka was be able to make a late season appearance to the Braves, but it's just becoming apparent that he's just not quite ready yet. You know, it takes a lot you have to it takes a while to build back up that pitch count. He hasn't really been able to work up to a particularly high pitch count. I think he's like he's like close to like 70, 80 pitches is the most he's thrown so far, and they've really been kind of trying to get him to that ninety plateau, but he hasn't been able to quite get there. The 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 issues with just kind of once guys get a second look at him, you know, give Getting squared up a little bit more, and that's just going to come down. Like some of that's rust, some of that's just going to be execution, some of that's just building up kind of that endurance and having that same sharpness and that same command. And it's that's just again, you're right. That's just going to take time to build that up. And I think that kind of hoping that he was just going to be that guy again after basically two years off was, I think, a you know not wasn't ever going to be particularly optimistic, uh, realistic, or opt. And that was overly optimistic. So hopeful for Soroka. I did want to mention one note on Jared Schuster a guy that we don't really talk about a ton of about on the podcast that much, at least lately. And it's because he's just been kind of meh. You know, he, he ha- still has issues with home runs. He's given up uh, just a quick count here. It's going to be eight home runs in his last six starts, which is not a place where you want to be. And it's something that we've noted as a potential problem with him going d- down the line. It's just that when he misses in the zone, he really does get punished for it. Doesn't have that shame, sharpness on that fastball or the command of it. And the changeup has kind of suffered one because hasn't been able to play off of it and two it hasn't been quite as good of a pitch either uh combine that with just not missing very many bats he's just like he hasn't struck out more than four batters in any start since uh looks like going back to his time in mississippi in the middle of july which is uh, not a not a great place to be when you're talking about a lefty who really has uh, has one of the better pitches in the system in that changeup it is when it's on not sure if it's a a fatigue thing or if there's something else going on again the, the 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 runs, he's not, like, getting completely destroyed. He's made some – you know, he's gone five, six innings here and there. But just the, the quality of the outings and the confidence that he'll be able to get major league hitters out, I'm certainly not there with him right now, uh, in addition to kind of the notes that Garrett had and the rest of the pitching staff there down at Gwinnett. Now we're going to talk about the Mississippi Braves, where uh, we certainly have uh, some uh, interesting uh, <laughs> uh, prospects down here, including probably – If if you're not counting Von Grissom, who's going to be, you know, graduating very, very soon, uh, probably has the best position player prospect that the Braves have in that uh, at double uh, right there at Mississippi and also a really good pitching prospect, too. So tell us a little bit what's going on with Mississippi.
1: Yeah, this is a team that got off to a really hot start in the second half. And really lately, they just haven't been that good. Uh, This past week, Cody Milligan, he's been. He's been kind of up and down at the top of the lineup. He didn't really have a great week this past week. It's kind of, you know, he hasn't been striking out a ton. He's been drawing his walks. It's just he hasn't been having a ton of balls get through lately. He hasn't been hanging the ball as hard as we like to see from him. Playing great defense, but hasn't been the best of looks for him lately. Um, Drew, on the good side, Drew Lugbauer. Hit three home runs this past week, and one of them set the single-season record for home runs in Mississippi Braves history.
0: Hey, good uh, for Drew.
1: I mean, he can't really do anything else uh, right on a baseball field, but hitting 27 home runs in a season in that league, is uh, in that home stadium as well, is um, a pretty impressive feat. Uh, if he could even hit just a little bit, that would be fun, but it's pretty apparent he can't. Um, that's unfortunate. His numbers really aren't any better than they were last year, so... Sucks to not see that progression
0: with him. Arguably worse because the hit tool was better last year. Yeah,
1: right. It it sucks to not see that progression with him. But, I mean, he's at least kind of interesting to watch. He was very hot to start the season out. And he really has just been – he's had his moments. But, really, the last couple of months he hasn't been all that great. Uh, The guy that's really been the guy for that team is Justin Henry Malloy. And, you know, I think we'll – we're going to talk about him a lot more kind of i think going into this offseason we're going to get a better more looks at him because he is more i mean grissom's going to probably graduate within the next week and so he's probably going to be your top position player prospect um so we'll definitely have some stuff coming out on him very soon we're going to do some stuff at the end of the season with guys and he's going to be kind of a focus for this system. I mean, he's a guy that's probably your closest to contributing in addition to being the best, uh, hitting prospect in the system. So it's definitely the guy to watch. And he had a good week last week. He's his numbers since he got up to double a have really not gotten any worse. He's hitting for like slightly less power, which is mostly league related. Um, He's striking out a little bit more, but not a ton. He's walking more overall. He's gone to double A and doing the exact same things he did at high A, which is really impressive for any player because that's a huge jump. And to be able to go in and handle breaking stuff the way he has, he's a really great feel for the zone. And I've been really impressed with him and how quickly he's made that adjustment to just continue to hit. And that's a guy that he was a guy that I think we wanted to see prove it at double A and, He's kind of proved it at double-A, and that's really going to jump, jump him up lists going into next year. Uh, the pitching staff has been kind of depleted by these promotions. I mean, we pretty much talked about everybody at Gwinnett now, and uh, the best prospect on that team is Dylan Dodd. He gave up a lot of hits last week, and that's kind of been—he hasn't really had a great start recently. It's kind of been five innings, a couple runs— Five or six strikeouts, a walk or two, and that's very consistently he's been doing that. He hasn't had a great start. He hasn't really had any bad starts. He's just been fine. He's a guy that we liked coming into the season. Uh, he struggled early this season. I think that we were very concerned that he was not going to be a starter uh watching him early in the season, but he's made a lot of progression and he's done well for himself at double A. So he's gonna be an interesting player to watch going into the offseason. There's not a particular you know, it's his first year after his draft year, so there's no particular rush with him. Uh, so they have time to let him progress, and he's done a really good job so far. Uh, Indigo Diaz is a player that we talked about a lot about last year. Kind of got off of him at the beginning of the year, but he's looked a lot better lately. Last week, he was their best reliever. Three scoreless innings, uh, five strikeouts, no walks, over three different appearances. In the last two months, he's had a 1.29 ERA in 21 innings. Um, he's walking more guys than we want to see him walk, but he stopped. He. Oh, he was having games early in the season where he was walking a bunch of guys and then he'd give up a bunch of hits and it'd be a two, three run out. And he hasn't had that lately. He's been holding it down. His strikeout rates have ticked up lately as 28 in his last 21 innings pitched. Diaz has done a lot better for himself lately. I don't, you know, he's not a, he's, one of your better relief prospects is kind of that's kind of a tight group of guys where there's a bunch of kind of fringe relief prospects. And he's a guy that we still could see contributing uh, in the future, but he's going to still need some progression. And I I think the command backing up this year, especially with this fastball, he was really locating well up in the zone last year. He hasn't really done that this year, and I think that command backing up for him has really hurt him in that he's just not able to put his fastball in a position where it misses bats as often as it did last year.
0: Yeah, where, where Diaz ranks in terms of like relievers is kind of how you choose to evaluate guys who are starters currently and could make that transition. If you look at a guy like a, a Roy Salinas, or, you know, is Blake, is Blake Burkhalter a guy that ends up in the bullpen down the line? Um, you know, there's guys like Victor Vodnik to kind of hang around too. So this is, it's, it's, it's not the, there's not a clear like this reliever is going to be an impact reliever very soon type guy, but you know, DS is like at least rebounded from what was a pretty really poor start start. Uh, to the season he they had a really rough one the end of the last season wasn't particularly great either not sure how much of that was like when he had COVID and all that the whole situation and you know but then had the Arizona Fall League and all that stuff we're gonna have to at some point have to talk about Arizona Fall League and who the Braves are going to be sending because I think Justin Henry Beloy's is on the list I think that's a guy that they would they would send I wouldn't be surprised if Dylan Dodd got sent uh, I kind of wonder to myself if they would let Spencer Schwellenbach go there um, just to give him some innings while like allow him to kind of stay on a regular re- regular like Tommy John rehab schedule. I'm a little bit kind of curious as to whether or not that's something they would at least entertain. Uh, I don't know if they, they would, that that would work out. There's a lot of kind of, Roster considerations and stuff like that, in regards to, and you know, whether or not like your first, his first time throwing, you want him to send him to the Arizona Fall League, but it might be a way to limit his innings because they generally don't let guys throw a whole, like, you know, five five six innings at a time down there. So that would be interesting to see. Uh, one name I do want to mention that you didn't was uh, Cade Bunnell, who has been sneaky good this season, Garrett. Now, in fairness, it's kind of hard. to – He certainly wasn't going to repeat his August where he like had an OPS north of a thousand uh was slugging surprisingly. it just seemed like every time he came up and they needed a big hit, they got one from him, but he's still really been good in in September I mean he's got an eight forty two o p s hasn't quite been like racking up the big games and like, you know, like the, maybe like, you know, like hitting 250 isn't ideal, but he's still walking a ton. He's still hitting for some power too, which is something that I didn't see coming from him. And for the, when he got promoted, that was the one guy where I was like, I'm not so sure if he's ready to go to double a. And he's the Braves very clearly knew something about this guy because when they put him in double a, he has really flourished and overall has been remarkably good. For for this double A Mississippi team. Again, one of those undersung guys, and he's a a fringe top 30 guy for us, I think it's fair to say. You know, he's a second base only type guy. We're not a guy, he's not a guy that is necessarily going to be, I don't think, an everyday player. But when you consider that he was the 40th round pick in the 2019 draft uh, out of Indiana, and you get this kind of value out of a guy that's like, again, he's at double A and he's raking. So. When you get that from your last pick from the last time that we'll ever see a 40-round draft and you get a guy who is like genuinely interesting, that's pretty exciting to see. Before we get to Roman Augusta to round out this week's episode, we're going to take a quick break to listen to a word from our sponsors.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
0: Garrett, it is time to talk about the playoff-bound 2022 Rome Braves, who are – their regular season did end. Uh, where, where these next two teams, uh, both their regular seasons ended this past Sunday. Uh, the, the, both the uh, high A and low A affiliates, this is where the regular season ends. But the Braves – the Rome Braves did punch their ticket to the playoffs. They are headed to go against Bowling Green for a three-game series this week, so they will still be featured in our recaps. Tell us a bit what's been going on with our Rome Braves and kind of any notes that you want to have on them about this little bit of the playoff run before we move on to Augusta. Yeah, it's,
1: you know, they've been, they have not been as good lately, but overall this is a team that's played a lot better than their talent level. I don't think that there's, they're definitely more talented than they were a few weeks ago. Uh, they promoted guys like Geraldo Conteiro, Brendon Mosquito, Brendon Mosquita, Cade Morton. These are all guys that, we consider at the very least french top 30 guys um and unfortunately none of them have played particularly well cantero uh, has been the better of those three um but overall the team has found a way to put together offense and the pitching staff has found a way to put together good games it, it, um Last week, Tyler Tovey was the better of the players, and he's been really good since moving to catcher full-time. He was sharing time with Javier Valdez. Valdez got promoted to Mississippi, and since then, Tovey has really had a chance to shine, and he's hit a lot of home runs for them. Um, Adam Zabrowski had his first home run last week, though he has struggled since being promoted. Uh, so that's... Been kind of – that was kind of the guy last week. Toby was the guy. Caleb Durbin had a very good week last week after kind of struggling for a while. But overall, it's a a team where it feels like as a whole they don't play all that well. But there's usually like two or three guys clicking in that lineup that can do something. And last week it was Toby and Durbin really doing a lot of damage. Uh, The pitching staff is not the – there's really – I mean, there's really two starters on this pitching staff. You have um, Roy Salinas, which is probably your best prospect overall. Uh, and he did really well last week. He had five shutout innings for them. And then you have J.J. Necro, who's been okay since being promoted. He hasn't really been all that great. But it's kind of interesting. They've really built this team out of a bunch of relievers and just kind of throwing guys three, four innings and letting it ride. Uh, Miguel Ping has been fine. Uh, uh, They have Ian Mejia that was drafted this year that was moved up, but none of these guys have been great, but no one's really been horrible for them. Really, the best guy on that team, pitching staff-wise, is Salinas. You could argue that he's maybe the better prospect overall, and I think we've talked about him before. We kind of think that he's a reliever long-term, but right now for them, that's him and Necro kind of are an interesting top two guys to go into the playoffs with. And Salinas has had a really good start last week with the six, six strikeouts. So I'm interested to see, you'll see him again in the playoffs and kind of see how this team as a whole responds to that situation.
0: Yeah. I think that the way that this Rome Braves team has just continued to perform throughout the entire year is a testament to Tex, right? I mean, like, you know, Kaneko Teixeira was a, a Braves prospect and, you know, Uh, Gwinnett Brave slash now Stripers uh, for a while. Um, Luis de Avila I think is a name that we want to kind of mention as a starter here. Uh, All this guy does is just, I mean, and again it's easy to kind of forget him because for a long time he was just kind of the guy that went five innings, gave up two or three earned runs, was okay. He has been unreal the last few starts. He's like been threatening no hitters, striking out a bunch of guys. I'm genuinely impressed with what he is i don't know where he stands as a prospect long term because really the track record of him being really good isn't particularly long but he had that that seven inning no hitter in the double header he had that one hitter where we were kind of convinced that he was going to go the full the distance and throw the regular no hitter recently his last his start last week was good then you get that you have dv on the run that he's on right now then you have Roy you have you know you have JJ Necro these are all guys that they they can pitch pretty well and then you have a lineup kind of full of gamers you know just like guys that can like grind out at bats and you know they'll nothing super flashy about anyone other than Tyler Tolvey, who I've been saying since the beginning of the season has insane raw power because watching him in batting practice was a clinic just like rifling balls over the fence just to all fields at will uh i, I I am much higher. I mean, I think that he's, his bill is a little bit too big to stick it catcher long term potentially, but there's nothing like about what we've seen with his actions behind the plate or anything like that. that is, makes us really concerned. Uh, if anything, the, his counterpart that was in Rome, Javier Valdez, he's the guy that, you know, in terms of his production behind the play, he was more and more concerning considering how many guys have stolen bases on him. Uh, I mentioned this this last week, but I mean, and Garrett was the one that was kind of mentioning it in our chat first. I mean, guys can run at will on that guy, but we don't necessarily have that same concern with Tolvi. So very curious to see kind of what happens with this team in the playoffs. Obviously, Garrett and I are very fond of Rome. We're very um, – it's kind of our home team in a lot of ways. It's kind of where we – Garrett and I started doing a lot of our more in- – extensive work together too so really rooting for them to bring home another championship so best of luck to them with the playoffs this week now we go to the Augusta Green Jackets which is the last time we're going to talk about them at least as a team this year Garrett because their regular season ended up this past week so tell us a little bit what's going on with uh, really a lot of these 2022 draft class guys and the Augusta Green Jackets.
1: Yeah, so I think the best place to start with this team is on the pitching staff because that's really where the better prospects are. Blake Burkhalter, we saw his first – I think last week was his first start with Augusta. This was the first week where we got an actual good angle to watch him pitch, and he did really, really well. He struck out – he had three perfect innings, and in the middle of that, he had six consecutive batters that he struck out. And all of his pitches, he located them very, very well. Uh, primarily, his best pitch is easily that cutter. It seems like he can kind of manipulate it on a couple of different planes where he can throw a little bit slower, a little more slider like with that pitch to get a little more vertical movement with it. Um, he was getting swings and misses with this fastball. His changeup looked, you know, we had heard reports that the changeup looked good, but we weren't necessarily convinced because he was mostly a closer in college and so we hadn't really seen him as a starter the changeup looked really good now change up looking good against low a hitters is not that hard because most of those guys don't know how to th- do what to do with man, a change up um, man, that's true man that is true it did from in terms of its action he throws it fairly hard it, there's not a huge velocity separation with the fat with the four seam fastball, but there's a huge spin difference with the fastball, and so he got some pretty ugly swings. And there's a huge, huge tunnel action in that in that way with it. I, I'm interested to see because that's the only pitch that he's kind of a guy that everything is at the top of the zone with him. The cutters at the top of the zone. Both ways he throws it, he throws it more towards the upper half of the zone. The four seamers at the top of the zone. And so he needs that change up in order to be able to utilize the lower half of the zone because otherwise you can kind of just pick out a zone with him and just kind of guess which way the ball is going to break. And so in order for him to stick as a starter, I do think he needs that changeup. He's not a guy like Spencer Strider where he can survive. Even as good as his fastball and cutter are, I don't think he can survive with just those two pitches. I do think that he needs that changeup in order to be able to utilize both – utilize the zone vertically more. Uh, But the changeup looked really good. The command looked really good. It was just a great start for him, and you know, I'm impressed. I don't necessarily – I still think he projects as a reliever just based on that first look at him, but I do think that, you know, and a lot of that's more kind of his delivery and his size and all of that, but I do think that if that changeup is as good consistently as it was in that last start, that's a guy that can start long-term. Owen Murphy looked fantastic last week. That's the first-round pick, four hitless innings. He's, I mean, he had one bad start at low A, but other than that, he's been ridiculous in his pro career so far. I, I, lo- I really like him. I like Murphy a lot. I think that was a really good pick for them. And, you know, he's a guy that he's going to be at the level next year. We're going to get a lot of looks at him. And I think that we're going to really, we're going to have a lot of fun with him in terms of, you know, that's a guy that really solidifies the talent at the lower levels. J.R. Richie had a very good week last week as well. One run over four innings. It was good for him because he hasn't, Richie has not struck out a lot of guys at low A so far, but he had six strikeouts over four innings last week. And so, you know, seeing your top three, your top three healthy pitchers putting up numbers like that, I mean, that was just that's all you could ask for last week. And you know, the draftees are really doing well for them. David McCabe on the hitting side, he struggled lately. Uh, it seems like maybe there's some fatigue issue where he's had a really long season. Uh, But his last couple of games, he had, I think, three hits, three or four hits in his last two games, had a couple of doubles, and so it was good to see him end on a high note. Noah Williams, I was surprised to see Williams promoted from the Florida Complex League. That's a prep guy that really didn't do that great in the Florida Complex League, but he had a really good week last week, Um, had like a 917 OPS or something like that, 953 in a very limited action. I mean – didn't strike out a ton. Overall, he looked good. I He's a project player. He's definitely not a guy that we're going to be looking at and saying, well, we expect him to do that. But he did have a good week, and it was nice to see him do that and see them have the confidence to move him up to low a that quickly. I mean, I know a lot of the talent at that level has already been moved up, if they're anything meaningful. But to see a prep guy get moved up that quick is still a good sign. Nacho Alvarez didn't have a lot of balls fall for him last week, but we st- still saw the same situation with him where the approach is very, very good. Now, I think early when he was at low A, we were seeing a lot more line drives lot more utilization of the whole field whereas the last few weeks it's been a lot more ground balls and kind of choppers through the hole where we're not seeing as many of those hard headline drives and it's just kind of that's just kind of the way his swing is geared overall i think that's good when he struggles that's going to be his issue is just he hits the ball into the ground too often and so we'll see some we'll see how he adjusts over the off season, but Overall, if we're talking about guys from the draft, I mean, the pitching, the pitchers are still the better, best prospects there. Um, Murphy, Richie, and then, you know, the guys that are hurt, Meyer and Cole Phillips, those are the best prospects from this draft. But in terms of the most impressive so far, it's been Alvarez, and he's been great defensively. He looked really good offensively. I love what he did this season, and I think that this is a guy that's really going to be fun to watch next year
0: yeah and i'm wanting, I'm willing to give Alvarez a bit of a break on kind of uh, terms of not hitting particularly well because he had a ball where he thought he had a foul ball go off his foot had to leave a game, and you know as a result it kind of i think that might have messed him up a little bit that that certainly didn't look like it felt great uh tried to stay in the game but what, after he played in the field for like a half inning he was done. Uh, so he uh, he was coming out come out of the game. So I'm going to attribute some of that, too, but you're right about the swing and just kind of, you know, he just needs to get some, be able to get a little bit of loft in that swing, kind of be able to get his, like, be able to get into his lower half, maybe, like, getting his hips driving in a different way toward through the ball. I think he's, like, I don't think it would take a crazy tweak to kind of be able to unlock some power with him because I think he actually is strong and he can actually hit some balls out. Uh, love the notes from you on the pitching staff. I mean, that's, that's, that was the Braves' day one. And, you know, obviously Cole Phillips is a guy we're not going to know about until he comes back. But, I mean, the early returns on this draft class are pretty good. Uh, you know, McCabe hasn't been quite as good, I think, that we would as we would have liked. But at the same time, I mean, like, overall, there's just guys that are just producing up and down this draft class. Uh, from the day one guys up through the, the late day three guys, they're getting some real production out of them. Uh, one guy I did want to mention uh, is Ethan Workinger, uh, who is not a name that I was thinking I was going to be talking about all that much this year. Uh, considering he has not been good. uh, But at the same time, all this guy does is just seems to hit man. And like, he has like a, almost a 900 OPS for the month of September, just has been hitting for power, has been getting big hits in big spots too, for Augusta. This is a guy that was, you know, we just did not have on our radar all that much. Um, And, you know, he made like that, like, a, like a cameo appearance in Rome, weirdly, but I think they just kind of needed a guy, got sent back down to the Florida Complex League, and finally got promoted at the beginning of, or not really the beginning, more the middle of August, uh, to Augusta. And he's been a big part of this Augusta offense. Uh, really wish I could kind of see him a little bit more this year to see if there was anything more to that, because the production was real. Uh, and And while I don't think necessarily that the Rome Braves are going to be like, maybe we should bring in this guy who hasn't, You know, played all year for the team. Maybe we should promote him just for this playoff run to get more looks at him. I mean, I quietly, I do quietly, kind of quietly hope to myself that we'll get to see some more looks at him because he's, again, he's been really interesting as a as a a bat for the last month or so, really. Well, Garrett, that's pretty much all the time we have. Is there anything else you want to share with the listeners before we let him go? No, I think I'm good. I'm
1: happy with uh, the show, and I'm glad to kind of be kind of. Glad to be uh, getting some final thoughts in.
0: Yeah, and I do appreciate you kind of powering through being sick. You know, best you know, best wishes. You know, getting better from COVID. Sounds like that you're you've been on the mend for a couple of days at least, and maybe a couple more, and you'll be feeling a whole lot better. Thanks to each and every one of our listeners for all the support on the podcast. We really appreciate you guys making sure that you're not only just downloading all the new episodes, but downloading previous episodes. We're noticing some of those episodes are ticking up a little bit. Make sure you keep doing that. That does help with the podcast quite a bit. If you haven't downloaded old episodes, go back and just download them. All those downloads, all that stuff helps support the show. If you don't want to miss a single episode of the road to Atlanta podcast, make sure you subscribe to the battery power podcast feed. It's on all podcast platforms Just search battery power. You subscribe to that podcast feed. Not only will you get this podcast, which is our minor league show. You get the flagship show hosted by the great Brad Roland, the, this show you also get the Daily Hammer hosted by the great Sean Coleman and you get the finally named podcast to be named later, hosted by our fearless leader, Chris Willis, as well as Stephen Zelbert, which is kind of our big deep dive, you know, big topics, two or three topics of per, per week, going really deep into all of, all into those topics every week. It's been a great addition to the, the podcast feed. Thanks to, again so much to all the support. And until next time, we'll see you on the road.